good morning uh, and welcome to the Food Founders interview. Today's guest is Jared Spencer of Rhythm Snacks. Uh, Rhythm is a relatively new business, I think it's fair to say, um, and it's evolved from Jared's passion and his experience both training and working in the food industry. I'll let Jared explain more about Rhythm, uh, what it's all about and the product range, but I will add that he's already picked up a silver from the Free From Food Awards, as well as being named the Impact Entrepreneur of 2023 by the University of Nottingham. So it sounds like exciting times at Rhythm. So welcome, Jared. Thank you for having me, uh, Stephen. This is really good, but also a little weird. This is a bit meta, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It, it, that, that feeling of weirdness will hopefully evaporate as, as we move yeah. um, So firstly, Jared, what is Rhythm Snacks all about? I think that it's about social and dietary inclusion. Um, the very first memory I have of food is being at a birthday party when I'm like four or five. I grew up in Barbados. And when I'm at the birthday party, we're singing happy birthday to whoever party it is. And I get my plate with my slice of cake or I'm waiting for my slice of cake and my mom would come out of nowhere and pull me up the line and she would reach into her bag and she would get like uh, a Quaker Oats apple cinnamon rice cake and that had to be my birthday cake because I had so many allergies and it was that exclusion from food that made me want to pursue food uh, and food sciences and it was also that exclusion that really wanted me to you know push me to launch Rhythm um, which is dietarily inclusive but I also wanted it to be something that the West Indian diaspora and also West Indies back home could be proud of you know to see a product that speaks to them and their culture um, and also has an element of social inclusion so in, in brief that is kind of the what we're all about. It sounds like you've always wanted to start a food business you, you've, you've also trained in, in food do you want to just maybe explain a bit about your your journey through you know from university into into working yeah i mean so grew up in barbados um grew up in a really like a uh, food strict household my, my mom um like to underscore the role that food plays in the cause prevention and management of chronic diseases and things like that um and i wanted to go to university to explore that relationship between food and health and and chronic health and as i went to school i went to school and, and studied uh food science and nutrition I became more interested in the way that food told stories and the way that food relates to society. I think that food is such a powerful gateway into a country or like a region's culture and history. And I, I wanted to explore that. And essentially, how do we tell the stories of, of where we come from through the food that we eat? Um, so that was kind of a little bit of a journey into um, me and product development. Because I think that if you're developing products, you can tell the story of whatever you're trying to say through the food. And so it's full disclosure time for everyone. Jerry is actually part of the MPD team here at Frog Hop as well, uh, yeah. running with him. I guess the question is, what, what came first? Was it doing MPD for other people or developing your own products? No, definitely uh, developing my own products. It was a little bit of a passion project, to be honest. Uh, again, started at university, third year university project. We were challenged with creating um, a product that puts sustainability at the core of its business model. Uh, we started the development and that was kind of my first introduction into, okay, this is an actual like job and I loved it. I loved taking a concept and kind of making it a reality. Uh, COVID happened and um, we had to stop. I went back to Barbados um, and I felt like the project was left a little like open-ended. 
Um, so I wanted to see it through. Uh, so the first product, the popcorn, was actually born out of that kind of um, the product that I was doing at university. And then, yeah, I think that my approach to developing my own product was actually, okay, I'm dissatisfied with the way that the Caribbean is being represented in the commercial space in the, in the United Kingdom. What story can I tell that represents the authentic kind of feel of my home? And how can I make a product to tell that story? So oftentimes for me, it's what am I trying to say first, that comes first, and then the product comes after. That has been my approach so far. Do you actually do you want to explain what, what's in the range at the moment? Sure, sure, sure. And I'll tell you kind of the story. So everything that we do or every product that we have, it tells a story of the Caribbean or something about my home. So we have um, a vegan uh, scotch bonnet cheddar plantain chip, and that's inspired by Bajan pepper sauce. I don't know if you, you are you familiar with Bajan pepper sauce? I'm not, no. I'm familiar that's with the chips, but. <laughs> so Bajan pepper sauce, it's a mustard based sauce. And I think the history of it is when the British came over to the Caribbean, they brought British mustard with them. Um, African slaves did not like British mustard, so then they would lace it with uh, Scotch bonnet chilies. Um, and fast forward to the 21st century, that condiment is one of the most uh, popular condiments in the Caribbean. Um, and we usually eat it with like a, we call it a cheese cutter, which is a cheese sandwich when you cut the bread. So it was inspired by that kind of, it was an, it's an ode to that spicy cheese cutter that we kind of create. I wanted to take that, those uh, aspects of nostalgia in Caribbean culture and present them in like a modern innovative product. Um, and so that's the Scotch bonnet cheddar and then the jerk barbecue. I think that jerk is quite ubiquitous in the United Kingdom but, and a lot of people know it as like a flavor but not a lot of people know its history and its culture and its importance to uh, West Indian history. It dates back to Dragon's Den, doesn't it? That's as far back as it goes, I think, for most most British people. Some, I, I think that that's probably the closest thing people will know, you know. But it's so much more than that. Um, it actually began with, again, so African slaves who fled their colonial plantations. They fled into the hills of rural Jamaica. And it was there that they met the few indigenous people to Jamaica, which are called the Tainos. The Tainos and the Africans would develop a friendship uh, and they would teach each other different life skills. And the Tainos taught the Africans how to preserve their food for the long journeys by dusting it with spices and uh, smoking it underground. And they had to smoke it underground because the open flame would give away their location. And that was kind of the origin or the birth of jerk. And in the Caribbean, we, we see it as we hold it um, in quite close to our hearts because it's one of the few remaining cultural hybridizations between African and Taino culture, you know. So it's so much more than, you know, a flavor. It's a yeah, whole yeah. culture. Um, so I made a jerk barbecue plantain chip. And then the third one is uh, my favorite, which is the coconut punch caramel popcorn. It's inspired by a drink that we drink on the roadside uh, in the Barbados when it's really hot. Um, it's a, co a coconut milk based drink with like spices, like warm spices like cinnamon and, and ginger. I wanted to kind of, again, reinvent that into like a very new offering. Uh, so I made a vegan caramel popcorn and we have lots of products coming up uh, as well. Each of them still telling a story. Brilliant. And how, 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 how easy or difficult is it to marry the the vegan and, and free from side of things with the flavors that you're you're working with i think that it's just a decision that i've made you know um and for a, a lots of different reasons i wanted to create products for the little kids like me 
who cannot have, you know, the commercial food that is on the market at the moment. And I don't want them to have to compromise on taste. So I've made the business decision that everything that we do is going to be free from allergens. And from a vegan standpoint, again, this also tells a bit of a story from like an environmental standpoint. I wanted to begin a conversation about climate equity in the Caribbean. Uh, the meat and dairy industry account for more than 12.5% of all greenhouse gas emissions globally. And that's more than the entire transportation sector. Simultaneously, the Caribbean attributes less than 1% of the global greenhouse gas uh, emissions, but we're seeing the most adverse effects of the climate crisis. So uh, our hurricanes are becoming more powerful and uh, more frequent. We're seeing you know, our beaches being eroded. So I want to have that conversation about the role that uh, production in the fast-moving consumer goods space plays in the prevention and the cause of climate of the climate change and how that relates back to the preservation of the Caribbean. So I, I, I felt like it, it would be remiss of me if I didn't create a vegan company that kind of did away with all animal-based products uh, to make sure that, you know, that is understated. So that, that kind of sounds like a really strong mission and uh, richness to it as well. What's your ultimate aim for Rhythm? I mean, what, what where do you see... Where do you see yourself in five years? That's a good interview question. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where I see myself in five years, but I think the ultimate aim for Rhythm, it would it would have to be like, you know, the Caribbean in the context of our global community is a really small place. You know, Barbados is 21 miles long by 14 miles wide. Opportunities like this, even being able to speak to you on a platform or, you know, to uh, win an award or to get any kind of funding, those opportunities are very rare. And that's why there's so few native indigenous brands and, you know, globally. And I think what I'm trying to accomplish is to become not only an example, but a resource for a new wave of entrepreneurs, you know, of, you know, global citizens rooted in Caribbean values telling our stories with the passion that they deserve. You know, I think that that's what I want to accomplish. I would love to see more authentic Caribbean brands, you know, coming, you know, popping up in, in the United Kingdom and also like globally, because I think that our stories are really compelling. So that's the goal. So what, what are you doing in terms of selling the product at the moment or actually making it and selling it? Mm, so making it, it's, it's, a, it's a long slog, Stephen. But I found the uh, manufacturer, a really good manufacturing partner up north in Durham for the popcorn. But because there aren't very many manufacturers who are able to, to, to process plantain in the way that I need it to, um, they're not very familiar with the raw material. Uh, and it's a little bit of a different process to, let's say, a potato chip. Um, there aren't any <laughs> in the United Kingdom who process plantain chips. So I either um, hire a third party to do the, the manufacturing for me, or I uh, roll up my sleeve, Stephen, I get into the kitchen and I do it myself, which I'm actually not mad at because uh, I'm a bit of a control freak. So I'm able to, I know, you know, that I'm making it to my specifications. So yeah, that's what we're doing at the moment. And selling wise, we're selling direct to consumer uh, at the moment via our website, which is launched. Um, and if there are any buyers on the call that would like to stop Rhythm, please do reach out. <laughs> uh, how, how is the process of, of getting, I assume it's Shopify or something like that, is it, the, the website? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I have a, a base, 
the most basic Shopify package. It's doing the job at the moment. Um, but even like creating the website, again, I wanted it to feel like intrinsically like West Indian. Uh, so when you go on our website, you'll see that we're using um, some aspects of Caribbean dialect um, in our uh, website makeup. So instead of about us, it's, it's shout us, you know, that's how we would say that in, in the Caribbean. And I want, again, it's, I put a little bit of myself, maybe uh, quite uh, selfishly, into this company. You know, no, I think that's what people want to people want to see. And you, you've engaged the designer for the, the the branding and the artwork. Yeah. Oh, the so the website design. Funny enough, I started working with a few uh, website designers locally here in the UK, but I didn't respectfully none of them were able to kind of see my vision and what i wanted to accomplish incorporating like you know dialect and things like that um so i actually reached out to a barbadian company that's actually owned by um an old secondary school classmate of mine uh and she was really able to she has no background in shopify shopify isn't even available in the caribbean um but she was able to muster up something you know for me and i really appreciated it uh, and she was able, because she could relate to the brand, she knew what I was trying to accomplish. It was very easy to kind of, you know, express what I wanted. It was easy for her to kind of execute. And then uh, the packaging, um, again, I took inspiration. Uh, the I think the Caribbean equivalent of like a pub is, we will call it a rum shop. Um, and it's where old men go and drink rum. <laughs> um, and all of the rum shops in the Caribbean, they're hand painted. Um, so they all have like these hand-painted illustrations, um, and they're never perfect, but for me, that makes it perfect. I love that it's a little bit wonky, it's a little bit off, um, and I wanted to take inspiration from that into my packaging. So the um, imagery that we see on the packaging, um, it, it's, over, it's super big. Sometimes it kind of overlaps into like the uh, print or the font, and that's what I wanted. I didn't want it to be perfect. I wanted it to feel you know, like, again, intrinsically uh, Caribbean. So so do you have an idea of who you're making the products for? And and is that based on research or your personal experience or, or something mm. else? I don't want to limit myself to like a, a demographic. So I'm just going to say everyone, everyone can enjoy it. And but in saying that, I literally mean everyone. So I want it to be, you know, if you suffer from celiacs and you're gluten free, if you're like a strict vegan and you don't eat, you know, milk and eggs or any animal-based products, I want it to be like super inclusive. But I think deep down, I'm making products for, again, the little kids who, you know, like me, who are chomping on apple cinnamon rice cakes, you know? Like, I want them to be able to enjoy food and not have to compromise on taste, but still, you know, kind of mitigate the fear of having an allergic reaction. Um, so I think that, deep 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 down i think that's who i'm making uh the products for is, is it a challenge sourcing the ingredients for your products i'm gonna i'm actually gonna say no i think that uh one of the beauties of being in the united kingdom is that it's such a multicultural community and society um so i think the biggest challenge is you know where do i get a source of planting from um and you know we're based in guild we're based in walking i live in guildford um, it's so close to London, you know, there's so many different supply chain and distribution channels that do Afro-Caribbean uh, products. So to answer your question, it's actually really easy. I'm actually spoiled for choice, um, being, you know, uh, accessing different uh, cultural ingredients. But also I wanted to prove as well that while, yes, it's a uh, authentically Caribbean 
product, I can make it with uh, kitchen pantry ingredients. You know, it's not so removed or so far away that um, you can't kind of make it yourself if you get me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. So you're saying online now. Do mm-hmm. you have a plan to start approaching retailers or scaling that up? Or Yeah, absolutely. I think that what I would want to do, my the, what I envision the market entry being is going you know, let's bypass the impulse category. I want to, to first be in the fruit from section. So as they do some really uh, phenomenal fruit from products, I would love to see it in their fruit from section. I think that uh, all retailers are now reinvesting a lot more money to make food more inclusive, both dietarily, but we're also seeing a shift um, in retailers wanting a lot more uh, authentically sourced ethnic brands although I don't want to be an ethnic brand, but Sainsbury's, for example, they have launched something called the Thrive Campaign where they are inviting uh, founders, food founders of uh, ethnic minority backgrounds to come and give them a fast track into sales into their um, supermarkets. Because that's, and that's coming off the bat, they did a bit of research and they found that 97% of their supply base was white owned. Um, And when you have such a, a non-diverse supply base. You can't offer the most uh, uh, inclusive or exploratory. You're not reflecting your customer base, are you? You Exactly, you know, and I think that we're seeing that, you know, time and time again uh, in different retailers. Co-op just launched their own uh, uh, program called The Affery, doing something similar. Uh, So I think that consumers and retailers alike are now valuing uh, authenticity a lot more. You know, and I think that especially consumers coming out of the uh, pandemic, I think that we want to explore food. We want to understand it. You want to know its origins. And I think that rhythm kind of fits perfectly in that new way of thinking. There must have been a buzz to, to win the, the silver at the Free From Awards. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> um, in our category, there were like Tesco, Co-op, Asda, um, and like established brands. So to see a startup, to know that like, you know, Rhythm, Rhythm is holding its own um, against kind of like the market leaders. Uh, I was quite chuffed, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> was, it a, was it a difficult process to enter? Was it onerous or? Not necessarily, because again, it was more of an add-on. I had done all the background work because my background is in technical, you know, I, I had the nutrition kind of, you know, calculating and things like that. I had all of the legally required information on the labels, you know, that is what we do here at Frog Hop and that's what I did previously. Um, so it wasn't really that difficult. It was expensive though. That's what I would say. Right. <laughs> but I guess worth, I mean, how did you find was, that? Just get an email saying you've won or? No, uh, they, they released like a, a sh- they first released a short list to let you know that you're a finalist. And then they actually only like announced it maybe two or three weeks ago. Um, and I guess while it was a bit spenny, um, I think that the, you know, the marketing and the exposure that you get from like a free from awards, uh, which is like the premier awards for all foods that are um, without allergens. I think it was worth it, you know, um, and I have a nice shiny like badge that I could put on my packaging now. So. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, next up, great taste. TBC. Who knows? <laughs> so, so what are your what are your goals for the next couple of years beyond that? Then, yeah, um, I think, Stephen, I hope you don't take offense to this, but I think it would be super Eurocentric to think that a Caribbean inspired brand and product should only be sold 
in in England and Europe. I I would love to see this expanded, you know, into the Caribbean, you know, into my home in Barbados and, and in Trinidad. And I also think that there's a lot of appeal for us that like this on the African continent as well. And I know these are like really big and aspirational goals, but I don't think that, you know, entrepreneurs uh, tend to work in small goals, you know? <laughs> um, so that's the goal. I would, I would love to see it. And especially like, again, access to, to, food in the Caribbean, you know, we import 80% of our food, you know, A, B, that food is quite uh, low quality. Um, I would love to be able to kind of push the quality of the, of the of food imports to improve it uh, in the Caribbean. So yeah, I would love to, to see it launched in um, Africa and in the Caribbean, but also anywhere where there's like a strong Caribbean diaspora. So like Toronto, in Canada or like, you know, uh, Bronx in the new, in, in New York. Um, yeah, I got to master the UK market first before I do that. Excellent. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Are, are there any particular brands or businesses that have either inspired you or that you aspire to be like? <laughs> it's quite sad because, uh, <laughs> no, to answer your question, it's because what we're, what Rhythm is trying to do, I, I don't think there's anybody before us. I think, no, to be fair, if I'm seeing that from like a um, cultural perspective, but there's so many cool brands. I think Creative Nature is a cool brand that is creating food that is inclusive, you know, free from all 14 major allergens. And I, I, I feel like any brand that values the environment, you know, and that recognizes and understands that there needs to be a balance between production and, you know, like, uh, revenue, you know, and, you know, I think that we need to redefine what we see as, as success and any yeah. brand that is now taking into the consideration, you know, the environmental sustainability of their business model. I think that they have inspired me. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining everyone. And thank you for your time, Jerry. That's been fascinating. Um, you can find out more about Rhythm Snacks and, and you can buy online as well, I recommend, which is uh, if you go to rhythmsnacks.co.uk. Uh, if you want to listen to previous Food Founders interviews, you can go to frockhop.co.uk forward slash podcast. Um, next month, we have uh, Amy from Grow With Iris, which is a just about to launch uh, growing milk for children with severe allergies. Uh, so that should be a very interesting conversation. Thanks again, Jared, for joining. That was really, really interesting. And all the best with rhythm. Thank you for having me, Stephen. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.